I'm excited about this new teaching series. I'm challenged by this new teaching series. Four weeks here in August, and then another two weeks at the beginning of October, where we're going to explore your suggestions and a couple of mine that I've plugged in there. This series that's in the Bible is all about teachings and stories that are in the Bible, but maybe you've never heard them. Maybe you've never heard them preached on. And this could be for a, a couple of reasons. Mainly, maybe they're not part of the lectionary. Churches have a lectionary that's set for three years and one year, and Old Testament, New Testament epistle. Maybe the, the pastors just never preached on it because it's not in the lectionary. But sometimes pastors just don't want to work with different sections of Scripture for one reason or another. Yet there's so much good stuff in here that we don't often touch. So much good that we can learn from it, and we're going to learn from it all. So that's what we will be doing. We're going to be taking some obscure texts of Scripture and learning from them. Today we start with one text from the Old Testament. The email that this suggestion was from had these two words behind the text. So the text is 2 Kings um, 2, 15 to 23 to 25. We'll get there in a second. But these were the words behind it. It said, two bears, 42 children, and Elisha's bald head. Love it. And then after studying it, I, I, I love this text even more. You, you may be wondering, how in the world does this story have any application to my life? Other than the fact that it's just a really awesome story. Well, it does apply to your life. But before we get there, we have to understand the text a little bit more. We have to understand what is going on. So we're going to be in 2 Kings um, chapter 2. We'll get eventually to our text, but we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 2. Invite you there. But before we go any further, we probably should stop and pray. Invite you to do that with me. Father God, thank you. Uh, thank you for all your words in Holy Scripture. Thank you for those words that we know so well and those words that are a little bit obscure. For in each of them, Lord, you teach us uh, the power of who you are and, and the love that you have for us and how we are to live our lives in service to you. So, Lord, we ask that you be with us this day, we fill, that you fill us up with your Holy Spirit, that you give me the words to speak that are your words, and that Holy Spirit work on these, your children's hearts and minds, that they may be enlightened to, youth and, to you and your love as we explore this obscure text of you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we go. Elisha. Elisha was one of my favorites. Elisha was chosen by the Lord to be the successor of Elijah. It just so happens last week we talked about Elijah. This wasn't, this is all God ordained, I guess, because that wasn't even part of the plan. But, but last week we, we talked about this guy named Elijah. And if you remember what we talked about was that the fact that the Lord was coming to him, not in the fire, not in the thunder, not in the earthquake, but in the sound of a low whisper. 
What we didn't go on to look at was what the Lord said to Elijah after he came out of the cave. Now, one of the things that the Lord told Elijah was that he was to find Elisha and that he was to anoint him to be the next prophet in his place. And so you continue on in 2 Kings, and and you see this is what's going on. Elisha is off plowing the family farm with 12 oxen. Elijah shows up, passes by him, and and casts his cloak on him and, and keeps on walking. Elisha sees this and notices it and runs up to Elijah and says, Can I go and tell my folks? He said, sure, go, go and tell your folks what's, what's going on. So he did. He, he went back and, and told his family. He sacrificed the oxen. They ate it with family and friends, had this massive party. And then Elisha left everything to follow Elijah and assist him for the rest of Elijah's days. Now, we fast forward a little bit, and we see that Elijah's time on earth is almost complete. And this is what we need to pick up with here at the beginning of 2 Kings chapter 2. It's an important part for us to understand, to fully understand the text that we'll be getting to in just a little bit. So Elijah did not die. The Lord was going to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. He was not going to die like the majority of us, right? He's going to be taken up to heaven... And so he told Elisha, don't follow me, stay back. But Elisha did not listen. He followed him. Three times in total, Elijah asked Elisha not to follow him. But every single time, Elisha did. Look at the text, there's about 50 sons of the prophets also following Elijah and Elisha at this time. Now this journey that they were on took them to the Jordan River. Big river, right? Elijah took his cloak, he rolled it up, and he smacked it down in the water, and the waters parted. Elijah and Elisha walked across on dry land. And then the river closed up again. They keep on walking, and Elijah finally asks Elisha, What do you want? Why do you keep following me? Elisha's like, You know, Elijah, I'd really like a double portion of your spirit. To, to rest on me. Elijah's like, whoo, that's a lot. That's, that's a hard thing you're asking for here, buddy. But if, if you see me taken, then it will be so. And they continue to travel on further and further. And while they were still talking, while Elijah was still talking with Elisha, All of a sudden, chariots of fire and horses of fire separate Elijah from Elisha. And Elijah is taken up into heaven in this whirlwind. And Elisha saw it. He cried out, my father, my father, chariots of of, of fire. My father, chariots and horses of fire. And like that, Elijah was gone. He was no more. Elisha tore his clothes in mourning. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and he walked back to the Jordan River. 
And there he cried out, where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? Where is the God of Elijah? Now understand this, there is no expression of doubt here in Elisha's words. He is just confronting the question that was on the hearts and minds of him and all the faithful. Because the Lord's chief priest, he was just all of a sudden what? Gone. Where is Elijah? Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And he said he these words, he rolled up the cloak and, and he struck the water. And guess what happened? The waters parted. And Elisha walked to the other side once again on dry ground. Once he was over there, the waters came back and flowed once again. And there was the answer. There was the answer to Elisha's question. The spirit was with Elisha. Now the sons of the prophets that were hanging out following this whole ordeal, they saw what happened too. And they bowed to the ground before Elisha. But they, they still couldn't believe that Elijah was truly gone. So they asked over and over and over again, can we go find him? Can we go, can we go searching for him? And so that's where we pick up in our text that Pat read for us a few minutes ago, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 15. And what you see here as you're working your way through this is the, the first set of miracles that Elisha is part of. Now the first two miracles in this section of Scripture are miracles that Elisha does by God working through him. The third miracle, though, is a miracle directly from the Lord. Now, all these miracles are important because they're a testimony of Elisha's commission as the prophet of God. So what God is doing here is he's removing all doubt that Elisha is truly Elijah's successor. He's just removing all doubt. And so that's where we pick it up with the verses from Dr. Marv, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. I want to read these for you again. It says this. He went up from there to Bethel, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. From there he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Fun. So let's start here understanding this, this thing about small boys. Okay, these are not eight or nine-year-olds. Right? These are not eight or nine-year-old boys. These are actually young men. When you look at the Hebrew word and see where else it falls within Scripture, you, you understand that these are teenagers, probably high schoolers. They're not quite to the age of 20, which is the age that you have to be to go in the military. How do we know that? Well, we can go back to 1 Samuel and see that this is the same word that was used there, where Saul is saying to David, you're just a youth. How can you fight against the giant Goliath? Okay? And we know from, from studying what it says, you have to be 
20 to start serving in the age, that age in the military. So these are just young men. These are teenage boys, probably 15 to 19. They are just jeering at Elisha. And they're all gathered together for some type of training. Now, what they were saying is quite interesting. And I'm not just talking about the bald head part. We'll get to that. They jeered him. They were mocking him. They were making fun of him. How? Well, you see, it, it's there by that first part where, he, where they say to him, Go up. Go up, Elisha. Get out of here. Get out of here like Elijah. Just go away from us, you bald head. They don't like what he's speaking to them. This is why they're saying, get out of here. They don't like that he is shouting against them, telling them that they're living in immoral ways. And this makes sense because these young men are from Bethel, this religious center of idolatry. So in essence, these guys just didn't want someone else to tell them what they were doing was not good for them. They just wanted to continue to do what they felt was right, what made them feel good. So they told Elisha to get up. Get out of here, you bald head, you baldy, bald guy. Get out of here. <laughs> now, were they making fun of him for having no hair? Maybe. Because Elijah was full of hair. So maybe they were making fun of him for that, too. But... You see, there, there's more to that than just making fun of a bald guy. Um, what they're actually doing here is they were showing contempt and, and severe disrespect for Elisha's message and for God's power. But it wasn't just the young men. Their actions displayed the arrogant attitude present among the people of Israel. I mean, 15 and 19-year-olds, you know, a lot of them just fall off the wagon, right? They, they get there themselves. But a lot of times, I bet at home, those parents were doing the same thing. They were learning from there. So this is not against just these youths, but against all those people who were railing against what God was saying. So with the voices of these young men sounding in his ear, Go away, baldy. Get on up out of here, bald head. Elisha turns around. And you got verse 24. He turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord, and two she-bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. Okay, so... What, what's going on here? Two female Syrian brown bears come out of the woods and maul 42 youth. Let's start with this. Who made these bears appear? It's not Elisha. Elisha did not ask for these two bears to come. When Elisha cursed the youth... He didn't curse them the way that we think of cursing someone out. He cursed them in the name of the Lord. So who do we have to understand sent the bears? That would have to be 
the Lord. I mean, where else would they come from? Bears generally just don't attack people, right? Those 42 youth aren't doing anything. They're not provoking. Just all of a sudden, they come out and maul them. So what's going on? You've got to remember that these youth don't like what Elisha is saying. They're, they're doubting who he is. So were these bears sent as judgment for their unbelief? Can't say one way or another, but we do know that it's not just the youth who have this arrogant attitude, this, this lack of respect towards the Lord and his power, but so many people back in Israel. Was the Lord calling people back to him through this tragedy? Maybe. Kind of lean in that way, yeah. But I think something else that needs to be noted here is, is not the fact that the youth were being mauled by the two bears. That's cool, but that's not where we need to, to focus. We, we need to have our focus in on Elisha. Elisha and his ability to take a stand for the Lord. To take a stand for God. Elisha was mocked relentlessly. Relentlessly, and he stood bold for God. To take a stand for, for God, to take a stand for the Lord, is to be different from the world. To take a stand for the Lord is knowing you will be attacked. Taking a stand for the Lord is knowing that you'll be vulnerable to abuse. Elisha stood boldly because he knew the Lord was with him. He saw it. He endured it. And guess what? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years ago, later, things don't change. See, it all works together. What about you? You're disciples of Jesus. You're Christians. Are, are you and I, are we boldly standing for God? Are we every day willing to be different than the rest of the world, knowing that we will be attacked by people's words? Are we boldly standing, knowing that people will jeer us and, and mock us? Maybe they won't call you bald head. They might me. But taking a stand for God makes you and me different. It just does. Yet like Elisha, guess what? We have the Lord on our side. We have the Lord on our side. Through the three miracles that, that we see in this text, there is no doubt that the Lord has made Elisha to be the successor to Elijah. And there is simply no doubt that the Lord calls you and with the gifts that you've been given, when the Lord calls you, he prepares you and he supports you. Friends, every day, every day is an opportunity to stand boldly before the Lord. Every day is an opportunity to be strengthened. Now, while you may never have miracles that surround you, like Elisha, 
You daily have the greatest miracle going before you and living inside you. Remember, the Lord has already called you. He's called each of you by name. He's called each of you through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's called you through his resurrection from the dead. He's called you from death to life. Every day he calls you and sends you out. Every day he equips you with exactly what you need. Friends, you have God's miraculous words. Here, every day, in your presence, you have the Bible. You have God's miraculous works being done around you. And friends and family who love you and care for you and study it with you. It's there in the scripture that you see the Lord actually blesses you. There in the scriptures you see that the Lord comforts you. It's there in the scripture that you see he equips you. It's there in in the word that the Lord strengthens you when you are weak. It's there that you see when you are enduring the jeering and mocking of this world, there is hope. And here, praise God you're here today, right? A lot of people don't come to this place anymore. But you're here with, with brothers and sisters in Christ being fed and nourished to go back out into a harsh world. It's not just here. It's at the coffee shops. It's at it's homes. Wherever you're with people, wherever you're with the Word, wherever you are with others, you're there loving one another, encouraging one another, equipping each other, and building each other up. And there the Lord blesses. There the Lord fills up. And there the Lord sends us back out. Now, we could end right here with verse 24, but like, wow, that's awesome. But no, I mean, this, this last verse here is super important. Look at verse 25 of our text. Okay, we just can't stop with the mauling of the youth. 25 is important. I'm going to read that for us again as we finish up. 2 Kings 2.25 says this. From there, he, Elisha, went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Elisha just continued on. He just continued on. Why? Because he was confident that the Lord was with him. This is the past. This is done. Now we just keep moving on. Confident that the Lord had called him to do his ministry, to do this ministry specifically. He pushed forward. He pushed on. He willingly followed the Lord no matter what was going to come his way. You see, friends, whether you are a bald head or a full head of hair or halfway in between, it doesn't matter. Just like Elisha, we know this too. We can move on from here. We can move on from here. We can overcome the jeering. We can overcome the mocking. We can overcome the hurt by the power of the Lord inside us. We can do the same. And we need to do the same. Confidently follow the Lord. Confidently following the Lord where He is leading. 
Knowing that we are filled up with this Holy Spirit. Knowing that he will prepare us, that he will support us, and that he will go before us. We could confidently rest in that gospel truth as we live our lives for him. Would you pray with me? Lord, as you bore insult upon insult on the cross and brought forth life for me, by the power of your Holy Spirit, let me bear all insults and burdens of my calling as I follow you. Lord, I entrust my defense to your almighty power and my life to your surpassing mercy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.